Well, this may sound like something you might have heard 12 years ago because you did. An announcement more than a decade in the making today, Ottawa has selected Lockheed Martin Corp and the F-35 as its preferred bidder in the competition to buy new fighter jets. Canada's planning to buy 88 of the new jets to replace the old CF-18s. They've set aside about $19 billion for this. We don't know exactly how much it's going to cost. These are, of course, the same F-35s the Conservative government announced they would buy back in 2010, but that was all scuttled uh, because the process wasn't seen as being competitive or fair. Uh, and the same F-35 that Justin Trudeau vowed not to buy while campaigning in 2015. So this announcement marks the next step in a process that actually restarted in 2019. Here's Procurement Minister Filomeno Tassi. We were committed to the process because the process here is very important. And the process is structured so that at the end of the day, it's a competitive process where we get the best bidder uh, that we will enter into negotiations with for finalization. Having said that, if that agreement cannot be reached, then we will be reaching out to the second place bidder. Not a done deal yet. Sweden Saab was the second place bidder, so they may still be in this. So here we are. A good day for taxpayers. Joining me now is Tim Choi. He's with the Centre for Military Security and Strategic Studies at the University of Calgary. Welcome to the show. No, thank you for having me. Um, what do you make of this decision? I mean, we've, we've been talking about these F-35s for what feels like a very long time. Uh, today, it looks like we're going to at least attempt to proceed. Uh, is, is this the right call? Well, so I think I'll give perhaps a little bit of background on, you know, what happened today, at least from my perspective. And, you know, so back in December 2021, it sounds like forever ago, the government came to this decision that there were two compliant bids for this, you know, future fighter project, right? Um, you know, Swedish Gripen made by Saab and the American F-35 by Lockheed Martin. And at that time, the aim was to put the two head to head in sort of a competitive dialogue so that the two companies can put their really best foot forward uh, to maximize benefits for us. And, you know, at that time, I estimated the process would have taken, you know, at least half a year or more because we're basically redoing their entire bids or at least heavily modifying it um, for our assessment and we had to assess it. Instead, you know, sometime, quote unquote, recently, um, the three major government departments that were in charge of analyzing this stuff from a bureaucratic perspective, so public works, D&D, um, innovation science and economic development, and they, their analysts, you know, they informed politicians, um, you know, the ministers of their unanimous recommendation um, that after analyzing the final two bids, that, you know, they're going to recommend that they just proceed to final negotiations with just the top bidder instead of the December decision to engage both companies in sort of a challenge to each other. All right. Okay. And um, the surprise, you know, for me at least, so the surprise with today's um, announcement isn't that we went with the F-35. That was pretty much, you know, for a long, long time. You know, I think a lot of us think that was the way that's going to go anyway. Uh, but the fact that we, the surprise was that we switched away from that competitive dialogue stage just three months after it was announced so soon. And of course, the big question everyone's asking is, is, you know, was this due to Ukraine? Um, and, you know, the obvious answer will seem to be that there is at least some um, influence on it. But obviously, the government has not indicated anything to that regard. They didn't say in the press release today. They didn't say in the Q&A session. Um, you know, but their lack of precision as to when exactly they were informed of the recommendation to go with the top bidder does suggest, you know, a potential connection that they're trying to conceal um, just to give themselves a little bit of wiggle room as to why exactly they made this final decision. 
Because, of course, the whole problem with the F-35s to begin with, and the whole reason why the prime minister in his campaign in 2015 said he would scrap them, was this perception that the process wasn't done properly. So are we in a position now where, once again, there are questions about how exactly we landed where we landed? Pardon the pun. Yeah, exactly. And that's a really astute point. Right. And, you know, when the government said today that, you know, process matters and you're right, you know, I agree the process matters um, to ensure that all the options have been assessed, you know, that every, you know, competitive competing option have put their best foot forward, um, you know, as opposed to what the previous government did was basically just taking the PR material at face value. Um, but the fault here lies with you know, in terms of the timing issue, you know, the fault really lies with the previous government who should have known that Canadians are, you know, extremely stingy with their money and they would need basically every single possibility filled uh, to ensure that they were spending billions on something that was actually assessed to be good. And um, so, you know, what should have been done is that this entire competitive process that the Liberals started, you know, a couple of years back, it you know should have been done many, many years ago. And then we would have had like a much more locked in process that's actually proved out um, that, you know, will be very difficult to go back on. And we still get, you know, new fighters. I guess the to go back to the Ukraine issue, I, I gather one of the issues with the F-35 specifically was that it was too much plane or too much fighter jet for what Canada saw its needs to be. Uh, and that maybe with Ukraine or at least with the Russian threat or a perception of one that somehow the 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 capabilities of the F-35 are suddenly more alluring to us than they may have been in the past. Yeah, and that's certainly one of the elements of it. And But I think this is a very long, multi-year-long process. And when they set up the statement of requirements, you know, all those years ago, those are the requirements that all the bidders had to, you know, submit to, had they had to answer. And even back then, the requirements included both NATO and NORAD requirements. And so I think when you're counting for points, both or all of the bidders, they had to answer to the eventuality or the possibility of um, going against, you know, a great power situation like we are right now. Um, So in that sense, Ukraine situation changed much at all, or did it merely speed up the process of what the choice that was inevitable in any case, um, at least from a, you know, a factual analysis perspective that would have been done in the the bureaucratic end, um, you know, in the last couple of months. So, so what is good about in that case, then what is advantageous about the F-35 for Canada as a NATO member? Right. So the F-35 is, of course, you know, the big, you know, a lot of people would say, well, it's a fifth gen aircraft. It's got stealth, you know, it's got passive detection capabilities. So it can actually see other things about being seen itself. Um, but I think the biggest um, benefit of it is that it's an American plane. And it's an American plane that's being built in massive quantities, over 2,000, you know, by the time that they're done building all of them. And so there's this massive logistical supply chain that's backing it. There's a massive complex that's just, you know, maintaining constant and unending upgrades for these things for the next years or so, 40, 50 years. And so, you know, for us, that's a fairly small power. You know, we're buying these planes. You know, the, you know one of the worst problems that you get is that you buy something that's, you know, completely bespoke, and then you have no real supply chain to support it. And you have to do all the modernization stuff yourself, and that gets really costly. And so, you know, by buying an American plane, whatever it was, you know, you're doing something that they're actively working on, they're actively building, they're actively modernizing until the end of life. And so you can get more or less a guarantee that 
you're going to benefit from economics, economies of scale. Um, and so you get all the latest upgrades and doodads and gadgets that the Americans are upgrading their planes with because, you know, we're getting the same ones. Um, and so, yeah, that's, you know, for me, at least that's the biggest benefit. What are the downsides then? Because obviously there was a reason to want to have a competitive process. I know that Boeing was eliminated quite early from this. So we were down to Saab and Lockheed Martin. Uh, what are the downsides then to the F-35 uh, other than, as you pointed out earlier, the initial process being flawed because there, it wasn't a competitive bid? Yeah. So <laughs> the downside thing is much the cost of buying the things um, that's actually gone down significantly since the Harper days. And many of the initial concerns about that um, are somewhat allayed, but rather the actual other issue is that the operational costs are much higher. And, you know, there's, I think there's very little doubt that it is significantly higher for these planes just because of spe special things like stealth coatings, somewhat more difficult access, upgrade parts, you know, just because of the way that the airframe is built. Um, and that is something that is absolutely a major concern for basically all parties involved. But at the end of the day, you're balancing that with, you know, again, that larger economies of scale um, that helps bring down the overall cost for each of the participating members. And, you know, how this will pan out, we're not quite sure, um, at least in comparison to the other options. For example, you know, Sab Gripen, which I do like, um, it's, um, you know, it's still basically the latest version that they're trying to sell us was something that they only just put into service basically this year. So it was essentially also a brand new plane and they don't have as much of that, you know, trial and error uh, operational costs that are associated with it. So yeah, it may have also been, you know, cheaper to buy, but the operational costs are also an unknown. Tim Choi, thank you so much for your, uh, for your time tonight. I appreciate it. Well, we stay tuned, I guess, uh, to see if the F-35 does indeed become uh, the RCAF's uh, fighter jet at long last. Yes. Thank you very much. It was a good talk.